0: Daniel chapter 9, so we are, our word for this year is inconvenient faith. Uh, If you want to follow Jesus, it's never going to be convenient. And in fact, convenient Christianity, this is what I like to say, convenient Christianity is the enemy of your soul. And so this year we are working through our eight core practices because we believe these are what help us to live out our faith. But really they're not the eight core practices. They're really the eight inconvenient practices. So Shomar, these are, so those are eight practices on the right. But I like to call them the eight inconvenient practices because none of those are, none of those are easy. I mean, how easy is it to get up every day and do daily devotions? Come on, that is, that is inconvenient, not easy. So we are starting this year, just finished up 22 days of prayer and fasting. Fasting is not easy. It's very inconvenient. I've talked to several people, several over the course of this fast, that um, some are leaders in our church, some have been following Jesus for a long, long time, and they fasted for the very first time in their life. And I think that is amazing. Come on, somebody, that is amazing. And if you did it, You know the effects of fasting. It is such a beautiful thing. And breaking that fast is one of the hardest things for me to do because you get so close to Jesus during a fast. And and he just feels, I mean, closer than a brother to me in those moments. But I love breaking a fast because I break it with fried chicken and mashed potatoes. Somebody, come on. That's not how you're supposed to break it, but that's how I do it. So we're in our series, we're finishing up today, called Inconvenient Prayer. Prayer is not convenient. There's nothing easy about prayer. We've figured that out over the last 22 days. And so today I want to finish by talking about praying for mercy. Sing that song, Mercy. Praying for forgiveness. So go to Daniel chapter 9. This is a prayer, so if you're new to to the scriptures, and if you don't have a Bible... I invite you invite you to download a couple apps. Um, is a great app. Bible Hub is another great app. I use Bible Hub a lot because it has a lot of commentaries and a lot of word searches on it. I love that one. On UVersion, you can find our reading plan. We always go through a reading plan together as a church. And if you don't get that reading plan, grab a next step card, fill it out. We'll make sure you get on our email list, and you can also find it on our, our social media platforms. But if you're new new to the scriptures, let me bring you up to speed here. So Daniel is a prophet before Jesus. So this is pre-Jesus, and Daniel is a leader. He's kind of like a a prophet. If you don't know what a prophet is, a prophet is like a preacher in that day. And uh, he is so incredibly well-respected. But they are in captivity. Babylon has conquered uh, Israel and hauled Daniel and a bunch of others off to Babylon. So he's not even in Israel at this point. And God reveals to him the reason this is all going on is because of the sin of Israel. And then he prays this beautiful prayer of repentance in Daniel chapter 9, starting in verse 4. I prayed to the Lord my God and I confessed, O Lord, you are a great and awesome God. You always fulfill your covenant and keep your promises of unfailing love to those who love you and obey your commands. But But we have sinned. And we've done wrong we've rebelled against you and we've scorned your commands and regulations we've, we've refused to listen to, to your servants, the prophets who spoke on your authority to the kings and the princes and, and, and uh, ancestors and to all the people of the land Lord you are in the right but as you see our faces are covered with shame this is true of all of us including the people of Judah and Jerusalem and all Israel scattered near and far whether you've driven us because of our disloyalty to you Oh, Lord, we and our kings, princes, and ancestors are covered with shame because we have we've sinned against you. But the Lord, our God, is merciful and forgiving. Oh, come on, say amen to that. That's why you're here. That's If this is your first time and you don't know Jesus... You're about to get introduced to Jesus today, the real Jesus, the true Jesus, a forgiving and merciful God, even though we have rebelled against him. Father, in these moments we have, help us to understand your mercy in Jesus' name. And everybody say, All right, you can be seated. We are just a couple of weeks away from spring. Can you not feel it? Is it not feel good? There's one person on the front row. Yay! It's amazing. Anybody like spring? I like spring. That's my favorite. Yeah, that's my fr- I mean, just we're getting teased by it. You know, there's a <laughs> colossal snowstorm of some sort and freezing temperatures that are gonna come sometime in March. We all understand that. But it's the feel of spring. It's my favorite season because every it's about to get warm and I don't like it being cold. Uh, my second favorite season would be fall, because the it, it's it's the just it's hoodie weather and 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 the leaves are changing color. But um, I also don't like it because the leaves are dying which means they're going to be falling, hence the name fall. And there's nobody who, unless you live in an apartment or a dorm room or you're under the age of 10, no one likes leaves on their lawn, okay? I've never met somebody who's like, oh, glorious, I have dead leaves all over my, I'm so happy, I'm so ecstatic, this is going, woo, get the lawn bags, get the rake. woo! I don't know who that person is, but I've never seen them. Okay, now there is there, there is the person who doesn't seem to recognize that their lawn is covered with leaves. Anybody got that neighbor? You know what I'm talking about. They're like, uh, hey, and and what happens? Their their, their their leaves stay in their yard. No, they blow over into yours. It's like they don't even know. So I used to used to hate bagging leaves. I Used to hate it until we moved, and we moved about six months ago. And I and I got uh, I got gifted by the the homeowner. This this lawnmower and it's it's called a hustler and on this hustler it's a zero turn radius mower that was it's amazing I've never had one of these before but then he said Brad I gotta show you I gotta show you the mother load and he showed me this contraption that you hook up on the back of it that is called the leaf cyclone yeah and he gifted it to me You, you don't you're not impressed look at this look at that. Look at that bad boy. I mean, look at, look at, that tube is huge. It just sucks up all of the leaves, mulches them. It's, it's unbelievable. I mean, I just absolutely. Stinking believable. Yeah, it's unstinking believable. Yes, it is. Uh, I, I love that, th- this thing. And so I got it out and I'm, I'm getting the leaves and, and my neighbors, this is great. When you get it out, it's like manpower. You're like, yeah, it's right. And all my neighbors are coming out. They're like, woo. And I'm like, yeah, it's right. And they're all waving at me. And I come over and they're going, Hey, Brian, I go, Hey, check out my leaf cyclone. And they're going. And so my neighbor, Mike, he's like, yeah. So, um, you know, the guy that lived here before he, he used to do my yard too. What? Danny did. Yeah, Danny did my yard, and then the other neighbor on the other side, Chrissy, comes over and goes, Yeah, Danny did our yard too. And then the neighbor next to him, two doors over, Dale, he comes and says, Yeah, Danny did our yard too. And then two days, doors over, I'm not making this up. On the other side, Darren comes over and he's like, Yeah, Danny did our yard too. And a guy across the street comes over and he's like, Danny did our yard too. I'm like, Well, good for Danny. Danny don't live here anymore. And Danny was retired. Okay. Uh, so, but then I get on this thing, and oh my goodness, I it was so I've never had so much fun in my life. I was like, this is why Danny does this. And what do you think I did? Boom, I was doing every neighbor's yard. I mean, it was so much fun. I was like, this is why Danny's doing this. This is so great. And so I looked across the street. And my neighbor, Austin and Dolly, they they live on the corner, okay, you know the corner lot with lots of land, and they have like nine oak trees in their front yard, and it's like four feet deep in leaves, and God bless him, he's out there, and his wife Dolly is holding the hefty bag, and he's got a rake, and one scoop at a time, two, two, and I'm looking across the street, and I'm like, oh, man. I walk across the street and I'm like, I, gotta, I have to show mercy on this guy. I go, hey, Austin, would, <laughs> would you like me to bring the leaf cyclone over and take care of your yard? And he, I'm not kidding you. He looks up and he goes, would you? <laughs> just like that. I said, absolutely. I, I think this is a, just a kind of a picture of the mercy of God. Because sin is like dead leaves that gather and cover our soul. And and sometimes we, we just ignore it. We act like it's not there, right? Like, it's not that big a deal. It's not hurting anybody. But can I tell you this? It is impossible to keep sin in your yard. It's going to blow over into those that you care about and those that you are around, and it's going to affect their lives. so sometimes we we, we see the sin in our lives and, and we're, we're overwhelmed by it. You ever been there like you're like I don't, I don't even know how to where to begin I don't I don't even know how to get get out of this, so you give up before you you even get get started or or maybe you you try to take care of it yourself you're like my neighbor Austin you're just like I'm just going to take care of this myself so you just try to do good you try to be better. You're like, I'm. I'm just gonna give it, give it my all, and and I'm. I'm hopefully, I'm. What I want to do, I'm hoping that I do enough good things to outweigh the bad things. But what you realize is, when you look up, you're like, There's no way I can do enough good to overcome the bad in my life. And meanwhile, God is standing right there, and He is willing, and He is able, and He wants to remove. The dead sin from our lives. I think that's what we all want. I think that's what we all desire. So how do we? How do we experience the, the mercy and the, and the forgiveness of God? Daniel has this beautiful prayer, and I think it's like a pathway for us to finding the mercy and forgiveness of God. And, and he says here in chapter 9 and verse 4 that it starts from a position of humility. Look, look at verse 4. He says, I prayed to the Lord, my God, and I confess, O oh Lord, you are a what? Say it with me. A great and awesome God. Turn to somebody and tell them God is good and God is great. Come on. God is good and God is great. Now turn back to him and say, and we thank him for this food. Come on. Some of y'all were there, that's where you were. Write this down. I want you to write this down. I know you're great note takers. There's some sermon notes in the back there. You can pull out and write this down. Repentance recognizes the authority of God. Repentance recognizes the authority of God. I, I think this is one of the great problems today is authority. Nobody wants to come under it. You know, whether that's uh, political or civil or educational or parental. I thought I'd get an amen from the parents right there. I thought I was, every parent was going to be hanging. Or, or God. We just don't want to come under the authority of God. We, we live in a culture that says, I live my way. I make my rules. I get to decide. The Lord's Prayer Jesus says this, pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. But so many times today we're praying, my kingdom come, my will be done, and we are we, we set up as kings and queens of our own little kingdoms that we are ruling. And it's not just the people out there. It happens in here. Can I get an amen to that? Thank you for the five of you that recognize that. This is exactly what happened to King Nebuchadnezzar. So if you, we went through the 22 days of prayer and fasting and we've been reading through the book of Daniel and you read about King Nebuchadnezzar and I want to take you back to one of the stories in chapter four. And verse 30, King Nebuchadnezzar was, was ruling Babylon at this time. And he said this, as he looked out across the city, he said, man, look at this great city of Babylon. By my own mighty power, I have built this beautiful city. Oh, by my power, I, I, I have built it as my royal residence to display, say this with me, what? My majestic splendor. He was building his own kingdom, and God humbled him greatly after this moment. In fact, he went completely mad. If you read the story, you remember the story, he went nuts. He was actually out in the fields on all four, eating grass like a cow. Last time I saw that was my four-year-old, okay? I'm like, hey, Jer, what are you doing? This is great, Dad. No, get up, son. Anybody who's ever had a preschool, you know, you know that pain. He's out. He's eating grass. The king is eating grass like a cow. It says that his hair grew as long as eagle feathers and his, his nails grew as long as birds' claws. And then you read in verse 34, down a few more verses, it says he looked up to heaven. And when he looked up to heaven, you'd think he would curse God. I, that would make sense. After that, it happened to him, but he, he didn't it actually says he praised and he worshiped God and God restored him. That's what repentance is. Repentance is humbling myself in worship and obedience and devotion to God alone. So Daniel recognized the authority of God, but then he recognized Israel's rebellion. Look at the next verse, verse five. He said, we have sinned and done wrong. Say this with me. We have rebelled against you. Now stop. I want you to say this now. I want you to think of your own soul. I don't care if you're not walking with Jesus or you've been walking with him for 30 years. I want you to think about your own soul. And this is what confession is. Here is what confession is. Let's say that part again together. We have rebelled against you. Now put the word I in there. Can we say it with I? I have rebelled against you. That's what it means to repent. That's what it means to confess. And he says, we've scorned your commands and your regulations. So if repentance recognizes the authority of God, the next thing I'd like for you to write down is this. Repentance recognizes rebellion against God. Repentance recognizes rebellion against God. Um, I don't know if anybody made a New Year's resolution. Uh, I don't know if you here. it is February 13th and you've already broken it. Uh, most people do. I, I remember one that I made last year, okay? Last year, I made this resolution that I, my resolution was simple. I'm going to eat better. Anybody? Anybody that, okay, like four of us, really? Come on. I mean, it's, but yeah, I I said, I'm going to eat better. And the reason, let me back up and let me say, the reason I made that resolution, because the year prior to that, before that, beautiful Aunt Mary here on the front row and Laura's mom moved into the house. Now they may say, oh, that's so sweet, but you've never had Aunt Mary's homemade rolls, have you? And I began to eat like I had never eaten before in my marriage. I mean, Laura, you're an amazing, you're an amazing cook, honey. You are so, you're so good. All right, that's uh, 30. I'll just throw 39 roses in there is what I'll do. <laughs> but, I mean, they moved in. I homemade rolls and mashed potatoes and roasts. And then, oh, Brad, would you like dessert? Every night, every night. Huh. And I was finally, I got to 2021. I'm like, I I can't do this. I've got to eat better. So I had a friend who invited me out to go to lunch and I said, yeah, let's, let's go. And I said, where do you want to go? And he said, have you ever been to Burn Co? Some of you know, (laughs) I had never been. Walk into burn co you got to get there early because if you don't get there early they sell out and so you get there early and you're standing in line you haven't even ordered and there's a lady walking down the line going would you like a free rib would you like a free rib would you yes I would like a free rib then you get up to the counter to order and the way they have basically they have a, a menu but the uh, there's a couple little things you can order and I want to make sure I get this right yeah, yeah. oh yeah yeah one, one of them was called the little man or the big boy. Would you like the little man? Oh no little man, give me the big boy. Boom, in 48 hours I had broken my resolution. Of course I blamed my friend for that. I said, "It's your fault. You brought me here." So obviously on you. I, I think when it when it comes to rebellion, when we think about rebellion, that's that's the battle that we all face with with the temptation and with with sin. Is that I'm prone to rebel, as Daniel says here, and, and and then blame somebody for it. Right? Well, it's not my fault that this has happened. It's because of this or this circumstance. I wouldn't have done this if it if it hadn't been for this. But here's what repentance is. Repentance is recognizing and Owning my rebellion against God. Amen. Yeah. We are all going to sin. Now, when I say that, I know there's always somebody who's like, Well, Pastor, I have not sinned in 24 years. I'm like, I can't even go 24 hours. How do you do it? It's amazing. I mean, come on. And plus, I'm looking at him, I'm going, well, you just committed two sins. One is pride. The other is you're lying. (laughs) We all need to understand this. This is something I had to come to grips with. I've talked about several times over the last few years that that I, I began the practice of daily repentance, and I had never done that. Now, there were moments when I knew that I had done something... And that wasn't right. And I need to seek God's forgiveness. And I need to seek the forgiveness of someone else. But I never thought about daily repenting. And, and most of you, I've shared so many times, but I began using the Lord's Prayer as a model. And if you'd like to begin using that, you can go online, courtchurch.com. We have that whole model there. But part of that model in the Lord's Prayer, it says, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Jesus said to pray that way. And, and I thought, well, okay, if he said that, and, and what I sensed Jesus saying to me was, you're not doing this every day. I'm like, well, I need to do it every day? Yes. And so I began this practice of daily repentance. And, and, and so I just started. Not, and, and, and I know many of you know this, but if you're new, let me help you with this. I, I sit at my kitchen table every morning, and I look back over the last 24 hours. And I think about my thoughts. What was there anything, God, that I was thinking that just you're not proud of and that, that was, was just not pleasing to you? And I'll think back through that. And then I'll, I'll think about my, my words. And was there words that I used, God? Was there, was there things that I said that, and I think through the different relationships, the different encounters, being at stores, being in traffic, all these different things. And, and then I'll think about that my actions. Was there any of my actions, God? And I'll rehearse. I'll take, I take some time to do this, That I would rehearse the, and think back through those things. And I'm telling you there's it's rarely a moment that God doesn't, if I stop long enough that God doesn't go, there, there it is. So I, I, thought it, I thought it would really be debilitating to do that. But what I've discovered is it's very liberating. I have found so much freedom in doing that. If you are here last week, I talked about Kevin on our basketball team. <laughs> God bless Kevin, okay? Uh, he's trying. He's a good kid. He tries. And that's not his real name. And if you missed last week, you'd have to go back, and I'm not going to repeat the story. But... Uh, Kevin's, he's just you know struggles let's just say it that way and I coach seven and eight year olds along with coach Eric down here this pastor Eric but we're coaches together and and um and yesterday God so I'm sitting there this morning at the table and I'm thinking through okay so yesterday and honestly I was like man I just don't remember a whole lot I remember I'm walking through everything and then all of a sudden God this morning said and there it is and I remembered just a moment when I was on the court and um, our point guard, and we have a couple point guards, and they're really good. And um, frankly, at 7 and 8, don't pass the ball. Just dribble in and shoot. That's what I Just don't pass the ball. Just don't pass the ball. Some of you parents, don't act. Oh, don't look at me like that. You're thinking the same. You're in the stands going, don't pass the ball. Don't pass the ball. <laughs> so, But the game is designed as a team sport, and you're supposed to pass the ball. And, and so we were killing this team like 22 to 12 Last quarter, we're going to win this game. And my point guard comes down, and he decides to do the right thing, and that is to pass the ball. And he does the right thing by passing it to the open guy. But you know who was open, right? And they're open for a reason, right? Kevin. <laughs> Kevin was open for a reason. And he passes it to Kevin. What do you think it did? Boom, hit him in the face. He's like, uh, uh, Oh, and he's like trying to shake it off, And I'm like, that's right. Don't pass it to Kevin. I didn't say that. I did not say that. But when he came down the next time, he passed it again. And again, it went off of Kevin's hands. Next thing I know, the score is 22 to 18. And we're, we're on the verge of losing this game. He's passing the ball. And I'm frustrated and I'm mad because Kevin shouldn't he be playing. What's he doing on this team? And God said that right there. He's. Seven. And he's a good kid and you know it. But God's so loving. He's so kind. He said, what I liked, Brad, was how you caught that. And I liked how you turned it and you started encouraging him. I've been coaching a long time. I love coaching boys. Next to preaching, it's my favorite thing to do. I mean, I just, I, I'm alive when I'm coaching. Uh, but sometimes I'm a little too human and my, and my sin nature gets the best of me and, and uh, the will to win overwhelms that and I don't like that. But what I love about God is he'll point that out and it's not, it just doesn't beat me down. It, it, it's, it's liberating. It's liberating. When you can practice that in your life, practicing daily repentance is is liberating. And when I I think about Daniel, I'm just so moved because Daniel was a prophet. He was a great man of God, but he saw a need to to repent. He included himself in that prayer. He could have said, "Um, they have sinned. But but he didn't. He said, we. we, we We have sinned. I love the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul wrote almost the entire New Testament. All those letters, he said in Romans chapter 7, I struggle. I struggle. And he wrote all these letters. What's interesting in the letters, all the letters that he wrote, if you read over and over again in the New Testament, he talks about overcoming sin, overcoming sin, overcoming sin, overcoming sin. And what's hilarious is, do you know who he wrote those letters to? Not the people out there, the people in here. He was, the letters are to the church. He's saying, stop sinning. You need to overcome sin. And in one of his letters to the Romans, in Romans chapter eight, after he talks about his struggle with sin, the very next chapter in eight, six, he said this letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to what? Come on, what? Life and peace. It's liberating. Turn to somebody and tell them it's liberating. It's liberating. What Paul's trying to say is we may sin every day, but listen this. You don't have to repeat the same sin every day. You can overcome it by the power of the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that can help you. And that daily repentance allows the Spirit to control your mind and pushes the sin nature out. And here's the great thing. Daniel was confident that if he repented, that God would be merciful, that he'd be forgiving. This is my favorite part of the prayer. In verse 9, look what he says. The Lord our God is what? Say it with me. Merciful and forgiving. He's merciful and forgiving even though we have rebelled against him. Can you encourage somebody next to you that maybe you don't know where they're at, you don't know what's happening inside of them, you don't know what... See, whenever I preach about sin, whenever I preach about things from our past, the enemy has an interesting way thing of doing, is he comes and he taps you on the shoulder. You remember? Remember what you did? You know what you're doing right now. And you're sitting in church, pretending, Oh, look at you, cute little Christian. Aren't you sweet? You're, you're, just, you're just adorable. Get you and all you. Well, you don't even have any business being in this room. If people knew what you were doing, if they knew what you did in the past, and he wants to keep you from understanding this truth that God is merciful and forgiving. So I'm going to ask you to do this for three people right now. I want you to find three people right around you, and I want you to tell them these simple words God loves you. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them three people right now God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. you." It just feels good, doesn't it? Could you all just say that to me? That even feels good for a pastor. That feels good. I want you to write this down. Repentance not only recognizes the authority of God, not only recognizes rebellion against God, but repentance recognizes the mercy of God. Repentance recognizes the mercy of God. So I mentioned how we. We moved um, recently to this house that we're in now, but in in our old house, I did not have a lawn cyclone. I had teenagers, which is a whole other cyclone, right? Well, there's the parents of the teenagers right there. Oh, amen, yes, thank you, Jesus. Let's stop and pray right now. (laughs) Some of you haven't gotten there yet. (laughs) The cyclone is coming. (laughs) (laughs) but at our old house we used to have to do it the old-fashioned way like almost everybody does and that is get out the hefty bags and rake them up and we don't even have a tree in our yard okay our old house didn't even have a not one tree in our entire front yard and we got done one year and we counted the bags 46 46 and so you, don't, you can't put 46 bags out by the curb uh, unless you've won the lottery, okay, because they're going to charge you for those. So I put them in the backyard, and I'm going to take them out six at a time so I don't get charged I'm, on Tuesday and Friday, six at a time. Do you think I did that? Because every Tuesday I'd roll around, and I'd be like, ah, I'll get it on Friday. Friday would roll around, ah, I'll get it on Tuesday." Okay, but every time I walked out into the backyard, I, I would see those bags, and I was reminded, "Oh yeah, I uh, I need to get those bags. I need to take those out to the curb." So many of us feel we don't deserve God's mercy. Okay, you you you've been forgiven. You, 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 you know that you've been forgiven, but what you've done is you've you, you, you bagged up your sin and you've held on to it. And you've allowed the enemy to come in over and over again and say, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know what you've done. And it is time to take out the trash. Come on, somebody. I am preaching now. It is time to take out the trash. Turn to somebody and tell them it's time to take out the trash. It is time to take out the trash. Look what Hebrews 8.12. This is what God says to us in Hebrews 8.12. I will forgive their what? Whoa. He doesn't say I will forgive their mistakes. I, I'm not going to just forgive um, the Oops. I look this up in a lot of different translations. You know what wickedness means? Wickedness. In in other words, he says, nothing is too grievous that I will not forgive. Your sins can be forgiven. And not just that. But he says, I will what? Say it with me. Never again remember their sins. Listen, if God doesn't remember it, we shouldn't hang on to it. One of the things I do every day in my time with God is I have these three things I say every single day. Some days it's quick. Some days I sit on it. And I say this every day. I am loved by the Father. I am saved by the Son. And I am guided by the Spirit. And I started saying that because I I started feeling as if I didn't really feel the love of God. I knew God loved me, but I didn't, never experienced or felt the love of God. And, And I started saying this, and it's in this order, by the way, on purpose. I am loved by the Father before I'm forgiven, before I'm ever forgiven, before I've done anything. Doesn't matter what I've done, I can sit with God, and he says, I love you, Brad, unconditionally. Now if you want to repent, I'm not going to love you anymore because you repented. I love you. And then he says, <laughs> once I recognize that I man. I am saved. Wait a minute, my past, all that stuff that's bagged up, blah 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 blah. take the trash out. I'm saved by the Son, not by what I've done, but what he has done on the cross for me on that glorious day and I'm I have the spirit now to walk with me and to help me back in in verse 9 it, it, he said the Lord our God is merciful and this this word merciful the meaning of it is it's 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 like the compassion that a, a mother feels during childbirth it's what the commentaries and scholars say is it's this word merciful. The mercy of God is, is, is like the compassion that a mother feels during childbirth. Now I've, I've never given birth, but it's pretty painful. Is it not ladies? Those of you can I get an amen from the moms in the house. Amen. What I do know is there is nothing, nothing more painful than childbirth. I I have been in the in the delivery room and I and I've watched my wife in great pain and and I've actually wept because I couldn't do anything about it And, and she was hurting and she was just it was excruciating. And then she heard the cry of that baby. And she takes that baby in her arms and somehow she forgets all the pain happens to every mom that's our god we cause him so much pain through our sin our wickedness our poor choices and decisions so much great pain but 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 when we cry out to him for mercy he, he, he takes us in his arms and he says, I just, I don't remember it anymore because I love you that much. Would you stand? We're going to move into a time of receiving the sacraments and we're going to sing together. And since the series is on prayer, I would like for us to say the Lord's prayer together and in preparation for the sacraments. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen.